Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Romance in Color. I'm your host Tasi Richardson. Thanks for joining us again this week. I'm going to have a very, very special guest all the way from Vancouver, Canada joining me today. I'm going to be talking with indie author Melanie Ting. We're going to talk all about hockey romances. So if hockey romances are your thing, definitely tune in and listen to this podcast. We're going to talk about diversity in hockey, why more American girls need to be reading these hockey romances, and why Melanie is such a fan, aka a chippy chick. So you all tune in and listen to this podcast interview with Melanie Ting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Romance in Color. I am here with a hockey romance writer extraordinaire, um, Melanie Ting, all the way in Vancouver, BC. I'm so glad she is here joining us on Romance in Color. So hi, Melanie. How are you? Good, thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I know we had some scheduling things but I'm so glad that we're finally here to talk and talk all things romance and talk all things hockey romance specifically (laughs) um so a little bit about you tell us that I'm going to ask you the question that I asked everybody on the podcast which is when did you first like fall in love with romance do you remember that moment in that book that had you really fall in love with romance and, and and romance in general um, it's sort of funny because I just uh, answered a questionnaire for the Northern Library and I really didn't realize I was reading romance till quite late because mm-hmm. I thought romances were only like Harlequins, the, specifically the white ones with the little round circle covers. Yes. But, uh, well, I've never read any of those, but then it turns out like you find out that Jane Austen is romance and I had read D.E. Stevenson and Judith Cranston all these books so I had obviously been reading romance since I was about 11 or 12 mm-hmm. <laughs> never known it but always attracted to the relationship you know when you're reading a story if it's a spy story or whatever if there's some kind of relationship between uh, people in there that is getting romantic that was always my favorite part of the book so I guess I always liked it and I always looked for it in books that I read okay so, so I would say nothing specific although I did love the those D.E. Stevenson books mm-hmm. like, you know them anyway I, no I don't know they're, they're not from I'm not familiar with D.E. Stevenson when you said Judas Krantz I'm like yes but yes, <laughs> not yes. That no, I loved love Judas Krantz I was me like too. whoa so exciting me too scruples was my my thing I love, love that book I know, I know. And I always had this dream. I thought, oh, I'd like to go to Paris, you know, and have this whole life. I always thought that would be the ultimate to go there and completely change and become all stylish and everything. I know. It was so glamorous. All the books mm-hmm. were so, like, totally glamorous. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your, like, professional background and how you kind of transition from you know, what you do professionally to writing romance? Uh, okay, I, I was an English major. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people, I think that are writers. Uh, but then I, I went to work in business and marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, I think after I had kids, and I was at home with the kids for a few years, um, I started thinking about writing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess I had my like midlife crisis and I, <laughs> I um, stopped, you know, I wasn't working in business anymore and I switched mm-hmm. and I thought I would be interested in art or writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I decided to go into visual arts and mm-hmm. I studied that, but then I always wanted to write. So I started to write on the side as well after that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so kind of um, getting to do everything. You have the business side and I, and then you have the the creative side of yourself. So that's what I gravitated towards. Yeah. Yeah. So from writing, from a writing romance perspective, mm-hmm. did you always just start out writing romance or was there another genre you were interested in and then move into romance or, or were you just like, no, I want to write a romance. This is what I'm going to write. And how did yeah, you it was all, that? Always romance. And I actually started out in fan fiction. Mm-hmm. which is kind of an easy thing if you're in hockey romance. So there was this, like at the time, there was a whole community on um, Google, on Blogger, and mm-hmm. we would have these stories and we would post them, and, you know, whenever you could, and then um, comment on each other's stories. So you'd be reading different stories and it would be actual hockey players in them. So <laughs> that was, um, I started, I thought, oh, this is a pretty good, cool community. And I started writing and then I thought that you had to post every night. So I started a story and I posted every night for like over a year. So that was wow. like, it was like a hardcore boot camp in writing, but it was fantastic because you got reaction right away. Like people would comment on the story and say, oh, you know, the hero is acting like a real jerk. I don't like them anymore. Or, you know, how are they going to get out of this? Or I like that other guy, but there was all these comments. So that was, it was like fantastic way to learn how to write. So that was where you cut your teeth on at writing from, exactly. from, from in, in fan fiction. So did yeah. you move did you move away from fan fiction and go to like say writing groups or like like try to get a network of other writers who were like more interested in you know publishing their own work? Yeah, yeah. It started um, well. I actually started with the fanfic because somebody said. Um, you know, you should publish these. You, you can self-publish. And I'm like, you can? Mm-hmm. So then I thought, uh, so I had a good friend who was another writer in this group. And we said, well, why don't we try self-publishing? So we did. And um, I thought, oh, I'll have a built-in audience, all these people. But it wasn't quite like that. Because I guess, right. well, like, well, I used to read you for free. So I'm not going to buy it now. Mm-hmm. So then I kept evolving. And then one time I got into... Um, an anthology with other hockey romance writers. Mm-hmm. And I um, met a writer there, Kate Willoughby, who um, we she introduced me to a whole romance writer group where they were doing sprints and everything online. And I met a lot of people um, like uh, Zoe York and Sadie Hallier. So mm-hmm. all these other romance writers that were a lot more serious. And I learned a lot about, you know, series writings and things like that, that I had no idea. So it was great. I mean, you know, the writing community is so friendly too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I sort of segued and then became more professional. Like, you know, at the beginning I was doing my own covers and they were, eh, they're not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have to get a professional cover designer and do all these things. So, you know, you just learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. is that first book self-published book teach you about the publishing you know industry and 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 self-publishing in general um 
Well, you know, I guess at the time, you know, I can't remember exactly what year it was. I put my first one out because I took it off. But I guess what um, I think I learned that, um, you know, it was a lot more difficult than the fanfic because mm -hmm. people were more generous. And then like if you wrote something people didn't like and they bought it, they would complain <laughs> in the reviews. Yes. Like, I didn't really like this book at all. Or, you know, just say things. So you have to learn how to cope with criticism um, mm. from readers. And uh, you learn about um, that one, a freestanding book is not as good as something that continues or a series or as far as uh, built-in marketing. Mm -hmm. I mean, really self-publishing is like a business. So you just right. so many things at once about marketing and promoting and everything. And I, you know, and even though I actually have a business degree too, I was not terribly good at the marketing part. I don't. I was gonna. I, I was gonna ask, like, what, what <laughs> did any of your business degree kind of help you with, with you know the the marketing and promotion? But I guess you answered you answered that question. <laughs> yeah, because I did actually work in advertising, and but I think it's difficult. You know, with books, you think, you know, this is a piece of me, a piece of my soul. Like, do you, if you like it, that's great. Because I know some people really do like, but then if you don't like it, whatever. So I find it a lot easier to market other people than myself, like to mm -hmm. recommend other writers or to talk about them. So mm -hmm. you have to get over it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe it's like a Canadian thing. Oh, we're so modest. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of Canada, um, I'm I, as 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 a as a U.S person born and bred you know hockey is a sport that that like played here of course in the mm -hmm. u.s but because i'm in the south southern part of the u.s where it's warm um yeah. <laughs> we don't really get a, it's very warm um it, we, we we don't have you know hockey teams atlanta used to have a hockey team we used to have a thrasher oh. and then they moved i think they moved to winnipeg winnipeg right that must um, have been a shock for everybody. <laughs> very much a shock. Um, but, you know, they had a pretty loyal fan base and then, you know, it kind of went away. But what is it about hockey that, like, basically turns you on and want, you know, you want to develop romances out of hockey? Obviously, you're a hockey, huge hockey fan. So yes. what is it about the sport that's, like, ripe for writing romances? Um, well, I think for me, you know, being Canadian and you mm -hmm. basically grow up with that. So <clears throat> like at my high school, we had a hockey team and, mm -hmm. you know, so you get, you spend your Friday nights watching the hockey team play. And I guess that like, if you like athletes or whatever, that's where <laughs> your, <laughs> your, your desires would be directed, I guess, towards. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just like, everywhere in Canada right. like you walk down the street and you see people playing people with equipment signs you know like mm -hmm. specials at the Tim Hortons where they feature like um, player cards or a mm -hmm. special you know um, donut so I think like as far as sports goes if you like athletes number one in Canada but the the thing about hockey players is um, they're also uh, their persona is that um, they're kind of modest and um, a bit self-effacing. And so I think that is uh, appealing too, you know, like in a romance, you like all kinds of guys. Sometimes it's the egotistical one, but they can't be totally right. 
you'd like them to have like a softness inside or, yeah, yeah. or an, at least a, a consciousness mm-hmm. when they're being a total jerk or whatever. Um, so in that way, they're quite, um, I guess they're quite appealing, like in maybe a boyish way or a younger way or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way they work together there's a team and it's always like the team first and I'm not going to take credit for everything. You know, I was set, set up by my teammate to score that goal. It's not like uh, a me, me, me thing, which I see in other sports. Like when I listen to the sports radio and I hear um, like football players up here getting interviewed, like they're much more interesting. <laughs> I, <have to> <laughs> I think a lot like, of I, the, yeah, I have to it, agree with you, like here in, in, in you know, in the States, and it's all about football, 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 yeah, and yeah. particularly in the South. And so, like, the, the machismo just kind of oozes out of football players. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, it, it's funny how you were saying, like, there's, like, boyish appeal and, like, modesty mm-hmm. with hockey players. Because I was listening to, I forgot who it was, but they were saying that marketing has a, <laughs> uh, particularly in the, in the U.S., hockey has a bad PR problem. Like it doesn't market its players the way it should Um, because we don't know who a lot of hockey players are. They're not on cereal boxes. They're not doing a lot of commercials and stuff like that. So we're not able to like, you know, get super hype and invested in the players like that. Yeah. Um, And then someone said like, you don't even know the guy's hot until you're like on TikTok or something like that. And then he's like, like, yeah, I play (laughs) hockey. Yeah, you're like what? Like, like, like you play hockey? Like you have all your teeth? Like this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, well, so- it's true. Like, cause they've got all that equipment on, right? So right. you have like no idea what the guy, how the guy was built. So they do do videos. Pretty much every team of the guys arriving at the arena in their yeah. suits, because that's the thing you have to wear suits. Well, it's the same with I think basketball, right? Yeah, so everybody. Yeah, everybody has to wear suits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they have those, but that you are totally right. I mean, um, they just had a series between the LA Kings and uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and they didn't even promote like Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. And they, sh- you know, he should have been out there and getting people interested. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know why they do it. Um, because I, and they, and they kind of like, they say, well, this is for the true fan. And I think they ignore women. I mean, women, are fans mm. of the sport but they're also mm. fans of the players too and there's nothing wrong with that I mean everything is like that it's about personality and stories about the, the athletes I mean people love that so do you find that in writing hockey romance and sports romance in general particularly because romance is geared toward women uh, do you yeah. find that once women start reading hockey romance or, or sports romance they're like hmm I want to read I want to actually watch some games <laughs> yes, you know what you yes. yeah yeah it totally happens because I'm in a Facebook uh, group called the sin bin which is all uh, people a few men but mostly women that read hockey romance and um, they it, people are saying that all the time like I can't you know my husband can't believe it I'm the one that insists that we watch this game and they like a certain team or they read the books and they say oh no I can explain the rules to all my friends and they said I I knew what was happening because of this book I read so definitely Mm -hmm. like it's uh, the romances are like a gateway drug (laughs) and people can start watching hockey after that and I feel like so because you as a, a a BIPOC writer 
for so long that hockey romances have been very, very white <laughs> um, and very white centered. I mean, yeah. a lot of the male, yeah. the male protagonists are often white um, sometimes, um, but I, I have seen a renaissance, I will say, <laughs> of hockey romance featuring people of color. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know for a lot of I know, Black folks and, and other people, they're like, man, I don't see Black people playing hockey. I don't see, you know, Black people interested in hockey. How, what can you say to, like, change their minds and be like, look, pick up a hockey romance? I'm telling you, it's it's it, it has some elements that you like. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I think we have to acknowledge that there is a race problem in hockey. And mm -hmm. sometimes people say, how come there's not more basketball romances, right? Because look at the players are out there, they're bigger than life. And there are some, I'm not saying there's not, but hockey has an appeal that is way out of, uh, uh, out of proportion to what the number of people watching hockey is, is mm -hmm. hockey romances. So, and I, I have, I mean, it's something that I think about if it, it is a race thing that people are, are like it because there's just a lot of white players and there aren't a mm. lot of race issues. And secondly, hockey itself has some race issues. Like there have mm. been examples, uh, especially of black hockey players suffering through prejudice and not getting the opportunities that they should have mm -hmm. because their coaches have been racist or just systematically they've been, you know, if you have a, a personality that's different at all, you know, mm -hmm. let's say um, there's a, a hockey player called P.K. Subban, fantastic hockey player. Uh, he's black. He's got a huge personality. And people are always saying, yeah, but is he good in the room? Is he a good team player? Well, you know, why shouldn't there be room for everybody? Right. If you have more out there personality, you're fantastic on TV. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he was down there in Nashville and people really liked him. And he, you know, was making um, the sport more visible there. But, you know, mm -hmm. he's he's ended up, um, he's retired now, but he ended up getting traded twice, even though he's a really good defenseman and they're hard to come by. So, I mean, I, I can't specifically say this happened because of race, or, mm -hmm. but there definitely have been proven circumstances. So... But anyway, now that I've said that, no black person is ever going to pick up. But I think no, no, no. I think you make some great points. <laughs> I mean, I think you have to admit the problem because if you just say, "Oh no," but I think people are trying. Um, mm -hmm. Like the the other uh, race would be First Nations people, or yes, like yes, Native Americans, I guess, uh, yeah. and they uh, play a lot of hockey here, especially Canadians, and they mm -hmm. and they go through a lot of issues too about prejudice. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think people can work it in. For me, I mean, I have worked it in um, having uh, heroes that are part Asian, mm -hmm. having heroes that are fully Asian. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I, don't, I think you might come for the story. I, I do feel that there's, um, you know, people are trying harder. They're trying to increase it, having more diverse cat uh, characters, maybe starting as side characters, but building up. And I think as it, it grows, we will see there. I know there are some romances with, uh, Black heroes, um, mm -hmm. and I think we'll see more. And I, I think it'll just be a reflection as the game improves. Um, and uh, the newest team, the Seattle Kraken, I think they've gotten um, done a lot to 
improve the diversity of their management group. Yeah, so they and they're and they're like all on TikTok. That's what I was saying. Everybody's yeah. like thirsting yeah. over them. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you put women in your marketing department. Mm. They say, hey, you know, I think we could appeal to a lot of people if we went after this market. And then mm. they do it. So they and but I know they've got like I think an Asian I think a Japanese woman actually is one of their marketing people I know they have black um, executives there too so I think as 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 the management group starts to reflect the world then I think eventually you know the teams will happen too because it takes longer because you you have to start playing when you're a kid right and you're going right. to play a sport when you see yourself so if you don't see a lot yeah. but they do have they have initiatives going on to encourage. Uh, or kids to play and kids from different areas too. So, yeah. But I think just as you say, just as you mentioned, like people seeing themselves in uh, hockey, I think that will eventually also trickle down into the romances where people yeah. are like, well, I see black players. I see more, you know, native um, players. I see more Asian players. So I'm going to put them in my romances, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, when once people start seeing like you said, seeing themselves in these romances, it's going to filter down into the writing uh, of like the whole genre of sports and, and, and particularly hockey romances. Um, so you have three, like like several, well, I don't even think three, you have like several series, <laughs> like with extensive <laughs> amounts of books um with hockey with, with all hockey romances obviously um yeah. your, your holiday hat trick series um yeah. your hockey is my boyfriend best title ever um hockey is my boyfriend <laughs> series. um I listened to snowball on audiobook I, oh are you I really loved it it was very charming very very hot um <laughs> very hot um <laughs> Yes, very hot. I just keep saying, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is kind of steamy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the hockey players have the really strong legs and butt, so. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I see that you emphasize that. <laughs> I see that you emphasize that. <laughs> I see that you emphasize that. I was like, okay. It's getting, our, getting our strokes in here. Um, <laughs> but um, I just, I, I really, enjoy, I can say I really enjoyed it. And do you think, what has been the most, like, rewarding thing about, like, your hockey series and, and the fan base that are, like, attracted to your series? I mean, there, there's, I mean, you have all the tropes, all the, all the, there's the fake dating, there's the, um, you know, the, the, you know, relationships of convenience, there's the enemies to yeah. lovers, you have, like, literally every trope, but guess what, everybody's playing hockey, <laughs> So what what is it about yeah. what what is it about um what is it about hockey that maybe lends itself to playing around not necessarily just playing around with the tropes in different ways? Mm-hmm. I guess um anytime you have a team, you have so mm-hmm. many different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice because as you have a series you know you have the sort of the good looking guy you know mm-hmm. the sort of the um I guess he'd be the the star or the hero or whatever mm-hmm. um then you have maybe the the big 
dumb guy. <laughs> the himbo. But, you know, the, the, yes. the snake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you have guys that maybe are a little more sensitive, a little more intellectual than the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I guess like with every romance, it, for me, it's not the trope so much as the character. So you sit yeah. about this person, what kind of person would complete them? You know, mm-hmm. you've got somebody who uh, maybe every, you know, for a lot of these guys, things come easy to them and they don't have to mm-hmm. work for their relationships or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to work out what is it in uh a heroine in this case, because it's all male, female, but that would make him change, that would make sort of break him out of his uh, usual uh, thing of women coming easy. Um, to, mm. to. So I guess for me, it, it's it kind of starts with that. And then I work the trope in after, but mm-hmm. um, it, like Pockets, uh, my boyfriend was good because I had basically the same three characters for three books. So I guess what I really enjoy is when you really get to know people and you get to delve into their characters and go deep. And then uh, with a series, you can keep revisiting people and see them again and see how they're doing. So that mm. sort of kind of deep dive into character. That's what I love doing. And each series kind of has their own team, their own world. Um, as it relates to um, the character development and because you know hockey how involved is like your like world building of say the team or the characters like how deep do you you try to get with um, you know world building before you start writing like Um, kind of craft that before you start writing yeah well for me it's really important that the hockey is right because I am a big hockey fan mm. and um, I'm actually in a uh, book club with a friend where we read hockey romances and if the hockey is not good at the beginning we like we have uh, DNF'd about half the books <laughs> oh wow <laughs> oh no <laughs> not, so but we just think it's funny um so the actual hockey mechanics are important to me and I think the the biggest thing for me is you want something to happen with the hockey and with the romance so that they come together because mm-hmm. you don't want um, hockey just to be the icing you want the importance of the hockey um, so, or an incident in the hockey to work into the relationship to change things or to 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 prove something to people mm-hmm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. like you know that they they have success and then they feel better about themselves or they learn that they have to do things a certain way or whatever I it's sort of I'm being a bit vague but um I, I get uh, what you're saying yeah 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 I totally get what you're saying yeah um, so for one like um he's a goalie and he was hoping to move to Canada so he could be closer to this woman that he had fallen in love with but it turns out you know when they they do a tryout with him they're like oh, you're not good enough but then mm-hmm. through a series of accidents, he gets a, a really unexpected chance to play a professional game. And he turns out to be a lot better in the game than he is in the evaluations. Mm-hmm. So then he sort of wins himself a chance to play on the team. So stuff like that, like you're mixing it together and mm-hmm. um, hockey, the hockey changes the story too. Yeah, and you, you make a point about getting the hockey right. Um, you're saying that you like DNF plenty books, 
um, uh, with 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 hockey that's wrong. What are they doing wrong? Like you don't have to name anybody. I'm just curious. Okay. Like, what are they? I can't. What, what, I can't. What's, like, I the okay, what's the pet okay. peeve that you're like, oh my god, why do y'all keep doing this? Um. Well, I guess um. Well, there was one book. I'm not going to name the author, but please don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I hope you. I don't because I think she's super nice because I've met her online. But um, she said that the goalie took a penalty and he had to go in the penalty box, and that like that can't happen because you know the goalie has to play out there. They do have a backup goalie, but that just never happens. And so, like mm-hmm. anybody that read that would be okay. This person doesn't actually know very much about hockey. So, but I have seen people make mistakes and then improve later. So mm-hmm. I think what happens is like um, if you're not a hockey fan and you're just writing these hockey romances because you think, oh, you know, everyone likes hockey romances, then you might think it doesn't matter because I don't know anything about hockey. So nobody knows anything about hockey. Right. So if if you're a really good writer, you can get away with it. I think like, you know, people are not going to be as nitpicky as um I am, but I think so. Then they say, "Oh, I'll just do whatever." So, like some people seem to be able to write all the sports, and I think, "Wow, how do they do that?" Well, maybe they do it because I can't tell. Like if I read a football book, I'd be like, "Well, that sounds reasonable to me." (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I think they think the hockey's not important. They think it's just decoration. He's a professional athlete. He's got lots of money. He's going to save the woman. Like all these things, and they think the sport doesn't matter he's just an archetype mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. So yeah things like that so yeah little things are but there was another one where hockey teams have you know three lines so you know 20 roster of about 22 people she had like um four five people like just the people that were on the ice was the team and I thought well you can't do that because they'd have to play the whole game <laughs> right 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 no substitutions or anything yeah yeah so anyway just little like the really obvious things are uh are bad so yeah Yeah. (laughs) but that's just me I'm sure well and a few fans but I feel I listen as a person who enjoys football I feel I feel Mm -hmm. the way of when I read like football romances and I'm like dude that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen like what are you talking about you know Uh, yeah did you read did you read Alexa Martin's oh she but see she knows because she's i know she's from she's from the nfl she's from that life so she she knows she has firsthand experience so it was excellent no complaints i I was excited to read those because i thought finally an athlete's wife is writing and i could get some insights you know for hockey from reading those too yes yes i agree i agree i think Mm -hmm. it's a little bit when you you're right there in it that's 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 got to be very very different um, I know yeah. I know yeah. like there's there's a hockey player's wife who is writing books but not romances so I was so disappointed I hope I hope she was <laughs> going to start writing hockey romances and not like I read her first book and I thought darn there's not even any hockey in here at all oh no no <laughs> what a what a missed <laughs> opportunity I bet she was like I don't I know. Write about hockey. I know. Yeah. give the people what they want <laughs> right right <laughs> Um, so we kind of touched a little bit about diversity Mm -hmm. and inclusion, but I want to know how you, 
as an Asian author, kind of bring your cultural uh, context and, and, and perspective within the the romances that you're writing. Uh, um, you know, combining sort of your love of hockey and celebrating your your culture as well. Uh, well, have you been to Vancouver? No, and I have family there, by the way. Oh, do you? No, you know, yeah, yeah. My my uh, <laughs> husband, my husband's family is from the Caribbean, and his uh-huh. his aunt lives in um, Vic, is it Victoria? Victoria, yeah, yeah. She so she's right near Vancouver, that area. So mm-hmm. no, I have not been. I want to go though. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's just that um, I'm. I guess I moved here. Uh, about 30 years ago. Anyway, Vancouver is uh, really um, diverse as far as Asian groups go. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. just a lot of Asian populations here. Mm-hmm. So um, they, um, I think setting is really important. And so most of my books are set in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it's just he, there's so many different Asian groups and you can mix it up and, you know, go mm-hmm. for a lot of people just go for different kinds of Asian food. Um, so being Japanese Canadian, I have made a lot of my characters uh, have a Japanese background or, mm-hmm. but I've also written about other Asian <laughs> groups too. So mm-hmm. I just feel like um, it's an opportunity because you're here uh, to talk about the city and how many different um, uh, Filipino, Chinese, Japanese, like Thai, all kinds of people there are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way you can expand that kind of white hockey world. And I think it would be expanded too, just by being here. I mean, you're asking the players of our local team, the Canucks, and they would say, oh, this is my favorite sushi restaurant or things like that. So they're embracing the culture here so for me um that's the opportunity and then um in snowballed i the hero in that is half japanese so he mm-hmm. uh has a japanese grandmother and it yeah. gets to reflect things uh you know maybe things um with my own mom oh um, yeah <laughs> stuff like or just the things uh that you would eat or do or whatever mm-hmm. um but um i'm fully Japanese, but my daughter is half uh, uh-huh. Japanese. So some things I write reflect her experiences too, I think, or yeah. things that I've witnessed, the way people yeah. treat um, your kids if they can tell that they're Asian or if they're not quite sure, you know, and they're trying to, you know, how they're always, people always say, what, well, what are you? That kind of yeah. question. Yeah. So you, yeah. you can look into that, but um, Japanese, um, Canadians and Japanese Americans have a super high intermarriage rate. Mm. So, yeah, so they don't often marry other Japanese people. So there are a lot of um, half Japanese people out there. I mean, I think there's four or five of them play hockey right now. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you see them and you see the Japanese name or you you hear another name and you, you, it's hard to tell. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Wow. um, I know it's actually like that's how my my mom who didn't like sports at all got into hockey because there was a really good player called Paul Korea who started playing and so my dad said well we have to go see him because he's the first like 
half Japanese guy in the league. So they went to see him and then she started watching all the games in Ottawa where they lived and um, mm. became a huge fan. So wow. I think like that's a way people can get in, right? If, if you're mm-hmm. in a, um, a minority group and you find out somebody in your group is um, playing a sport, you're like, I don't know about different communities, but the Japanese is like, we have to support that person. We have to go out there. And especially since he was so good, he was like this real superstar. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so for what I'm hearing, like Vancouver itself is mm-hmm. almost like another character within your like stories. And like, it really kind of, I mean, I, I, I definitely got a sense of it when I was reading, and when I was listening to, excuse me, rather listen to your book. Um, and the narrator was really, really good too. Um, so that helps. Um, yeah, the the woman or the man? I thought that, I thought they both were good. Yeah, I I love the woman. The man sounded a little older than I had. Really? Oh, <laughs> I didn't oh, know what would be, but I thought his voice was really sexy. That's what I said. I thought his voice was. I was like, I was like, I like both of them. But um, <laughs> his voice was really sexy. Um, but I really did get a sense of like place and community. Yeah. Um, not only yeah. just hockey community, but the just community surrounding, you know, Noah and his family and stuff like that, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was just really, really cool. I I I I I like I said, I've never been to Vancouver, have family there, but I definitely got a definite sense yeah. of the place. Um well, I mean, like I settings are so important to me when I read mm-hmm. and um, I like and I love the idea of place. Like I read the build up and I love that she was fixing up her house. You know, Ari was like fixing up her house, and I thought, oh, I love this. Melanie, this, is be so Melanie, this interview is about you, ma'am. We're not talking about me. We're not talking about me. We're talking about you. Asking, asking it. Speaking of you, back to you. Yes. I want yes. to know more about your process and, and just writing in general. And I think I, I often talk about process with authors because. When people mm-hmm. are like very interested in, I want to write a romance. Like they think it's yeah. so easy. They think you just sit down and write. But what is a typical kind of writing session, writing day look like for you? And and uh-huh. are you a pantser? Are you a plotter? How do you how do you yeah. go about structuring things when you're getting ready to write? Um, well, I I do. Um, I think I do best when I work with an outline. But I have to admit that. I usually do an outline and then I stray from it. <laughs> so um, here's the outline and then I think, oh, here's a nice tangent and go off. And then I have to like bring it back at the end. So I almost do a second outline. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I love writing scenes out of order as well. Like if there's a scene I'm really excited to write, like I often write that. So it's nice to use Scrivener because you can just move things around in that easily. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely would say I try to be a plotter, but I am basically a pantser, but I can't have nothing. Like I have to have a background and characters, uh, descriptions and stuff like that before I can. So you're like, so you're like a plant, sir. You're like, a plant, sir. Yeah, I guess so. And then I, I also like to um, like, if you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, I like to think about what I'm going to write in the morning because I'm an early morning writer. Mm-hmm. I like to write early before um, I do things because I do have another job. So I like to write early in the morning and mm-hmm. get a certain 
words in and then go. Yeah. But I just got back from my first ever writing retreat. So we just mm. did during the whole day. So it was fun. Yeah. Wow. What did you learn on that writing retreat that you didn't like know or learn before? Um, well, I think that the writing retreat reminded me because I have done that NaNoWriMo before. Yeah. You really have to have a outline and a schedule and be really specific. Mm-hmm. Or else you, you, I think, I think you get more out of it that way. That would be my sort of learning lesson. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's also fun to be able to talk to other writers as you're doing something, you know, and say, ah, you know, I need this to happen, or I've got mm-hmm. this, I think I might have to change your career and just bounce ideas. So that was really helpful. Um, but just concentrating too is good, you know, and just because you might think I can only write before breakfast or I can only write in the mornings because that's when my mind but then you find you can write other times a day that's what um, mm-hmm. Sarah one of the other writers found too she said usually I'm not very good um, in the afternoon or evening but I got a lot done too so it's almost like just forcing yourself um, to try different things and good work out mm, yeah you mentioned yeah. that community of, of, of writers yes. how, how important has community been to you as a writer um because I mean people think writing is a solitary thing but little do they know is you know writers we we depend on having a community of other writers to kind of you know keep us motivated and and along so how how do you how beneficial has a community of writers been to you oh it's been fantastic I mean I'm a kind of a perfectionist sometimes around the writing so um, but if you if you have a critique partner or beta readers mm-hmm. to send work to and get feedback, I mean, I think that's fantastic. I really take it seriously, and mm-hmm. I input I'm input like almost everything people say to me. You know, if I totally disagree, you know, I might, but I under, I try and understand where they're coming from and why they're commenting mm-hmm. if they don't like something or a character or the way things are going. Right. I mean, I think it's all really important. Um, so that is vital. Having people to talk to. I mean, mm-hmm. I think writing for so long, I've almost everyone I know has gone through a period of burnout. Mm-hmm. And I did too, where you just can't write at all, you know, maybe you've got things going on your in your life that are negative and um, you, know, you just don't have the energy because if you're doing other things, I mean, it does take a lot of energy to write um, because you're giving up something like your social right. or time with um, people or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is the same thing. And um, so you have to be a bit driven. I mean, because like for example the pandemic you think oh that's the perfect time to get a lot of writing done but you're under so much stress and anxiety about the pandemic so it actually turns out to be hard yes absolutely absolutely and so just to be able to talk to people and find out that other people feel the same way that you do um or just getting advice I mean, sometimes it's hard because if you're like in a group or somebody's like churning out a book every month and you're saying, oh my God, why can't I do that? Like you could drive yourself a mm-hmm. bit crazy, but you just have to uh, acknowledge that everyone works in their own way and you work in the way that's best to you. And hopefully it, it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the comparison is the thief of joy. So you can't really compare yourself to, to other know. people in their yeah. process. Like like you said, their process works for them and your process yeah. works for you. 
Um, speaking of which, what happens when the process just isn't working and you're, you're, you're at a, you know, a crossroads, an impasse, and you're like, I don't know what to do. How do you kind of get out of the weeds? How do you kind of get out of that block when you just don't know where to go? Well, if it's if it's just like an, an issue with um, a scene or character or something, I do find that like walking is good for me. Like mm-hmm. walking and thinking about what the problem is, is actually really great. And I live in a beautiful area and there's lots of woods around. And mm-hmm. so it's just nice to sort of get out. Plus, you know, if you spend too much time, it's hard because we spend so much time just sitting in a chair and then your back gets sore or whatever. So yeah. I think that's good. Um, but if it's like a more serious, like kind of a writer's block, then I take a break. I mean, I'm lucky because I'm self-published as I, I don't have as many deadlines as other people. <laughs> you know, you have the publisher saying, well, we're ready, you know, we promoted this and and you're like oh my god so um I I think that's nice for me because I can take like a longer break than I think uh, other authors would be able to do mm-hmm. um but, you know just to take a short break and then to come back to something I mean I think books are really improved by putting them away and then doing an edit after that but um that would be uh also I, having you know regular chats with other authors, I think, is a good thing too. Either mm. meeting up or just talking online, uh, just to sort of maybe get inspired or get a kick in the butt or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that I mean, I don't know. I haven't I just had one period where I had a serious, serious writer's block, and I did do this kind of uh, course. It was a weird course. It's like a she does a meditation with you and then you just write for 10 minutes. Mm. And I, I thought that that was good for just getting me into the practice of writing regularly again. So, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. So I think I, I kind of like to experiment and try different things and uh-huh. see just what works that time. Yeah. That meditation and then writing thing sounds really interesting. I'd be, I'd be, I have to ask you offline what that was because I'll be curious okay. to know okay. yeah. what, how that works and, 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 yeah. and stuff because I, I need to get myself centered too. <laughs> well, I, I actually found it really hard to do all the breathing. I thought this breathing is really weird because she has all these different like breathe out of one nostril or you had to put your finger on your forehead. I guess it was sort of the third eye breathing. I was like, I can't mm. do this at the same time. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that, I'm, I'm definitely not an athlete, even though I write sports romances. <laughs> you can breathe correctly. It's okay, it's okay. As long as you're breathing, yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> as long as you're breathing, that's all we care about. Um, all right, so this is the point in the podcast where we ask a lot of fun questions. And I'm going to okay. do whatever. It's going to kind of be like a this or that and kind of a whatever the first answer is that comes to your mind okay I've listened to your podcast a lot yes. so I know <laughs> awesome 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 so you know the deal so your favorite book as a kid uh, the borrowers oh I love that book you don't you know you know oh yeah yes. I loved it I'm like oh yes. my god I thought the great. movie was okay but the book is better what there was like a movie yeah Oh, because, you know, I was watching uh, the Ghibli Studios, you know, the Japanese studio. Uh-huh. They had this book and I thought, man, this is a lot like The Borrowers. And then I found out it was based on The Borrowers, but I can't remember what the name of it is. 
but no, there's yeah. like there's also like I think a live action one. I don't know. Really? Yeah, mm. yeah, the borrowers. Mm. Um, do you like writing heroes or villains? Mm, villains. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not very I'm not very good because I'm always trying to redeem them or explain why they're <laughs> such jerks. <laughs> Because sometimes people just like to have someone to hate, but I'm always thinking, well, you can't be like a hundred percent of a jerk. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. You have to have you have to give them a reason to hate you. Yeah. 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 So do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? Mm, I would say dramatic arguments. I actually <laughs> I write usually, except in my uh latest book, I write all the sex scenes at the end. I'm just like insert oh. sexy here <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that brings me to my next question so are sex scenes <laughs> the hardest thing for you to write uh, yeah I think I would say so but it was weird because in my in my latest book I hate Nate like the sex scenes were almost first like those guys really wanted to get together so I'm like okay and this it was so easy to write so it was kind of weird but that's like that's enemies to lovers right uh yeah yeah well see that you i find when it's enemies to lovers the sex writing the sex things is really easy because it's the angst it's like the <laughs> it's like the hate and they gotta get it out some kind of way yeah <laughs> i guess that's it eh because it's almost like a dramatic scene too because yeah. they're coming yeah. together but they're sort of pushing at each other yeah mm -hmm. that's probably yeah 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 mm -hmm. um your favorite place to write um I, is it boring i was like writing at my desk no that's not that's not boring especially if you got a nice have a nice day um, i do have a nice desk yeah i've got little uh, lots of art up here and it's nice i love it here um book reviews read or not read um i read them um until the book is published so like all the arc reviews and stuff like that i read those um, uh, but then I stop reading and absolutely do not read Goodreads at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, it, well, it's a lot more brutal than Amazon. I don't know why that is. I think people think that they're, let me be quiet. I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the, I'm out of the reviewer space. So I'm not, I'm not as an author now. I can't, I can't make, give my opinion. But, well, but I mean, I think it's true. Like they want to review and they want other reviewers to read it and they don't want authors to read it, I think. I mean, they want to just be honest with each other yeah. like there's a conversation. And so if we start to get in that and comment on that, it probably is wrong. So Yeah, it is wrong. It is wrong. It, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I don't read reviews at all. So I have, yeah. I have no idea what people are saying. So. Would, would, you like, would you like to hire a person to just read them for you and just tell you the good stuff or not? No. <laughs> no no I'm good I'm good Melody I swear I swear I'm good um the last romance novel that you read oh I just finished uh the comeback by Lily Chu oh the the um the um audiobook is good I loved it um, yeah I loved her for um the, the stand-in, the audiobook yes. for that was so good. And I think it's Philippa Sue again. Yep, it? It, yep, Philippa Sue. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I just um, finished that. Yeah. Do you create playlists for your books? And if so, um, yeah. 
yeah and if, if so what kind of music do you like add to your playlist um I did um I did one book my Halloween heartbreak where uh, the hero is a musician so I did create a playlist for that one um and uh but I do I do playlists for the mood so I've got like a sultry one for <laughs> writing the sex scene I've got like a really angsty one for when I'm writing like breakup scenes or big emotional scenes. And then um, the rest of the time I listen to kind of Canadian indie music. So mm -hmm. uh, there's a band I really like, uh, Hey Rosetta and Tim Baker is the, the lead singer. And so I have like all of their stuff just on one playlist and I listen to that. And then I've got kind of a mellow, which has got, you know, R&B and different um, music on that. So mm -hmm. I like that kind of music playing as I write. Okay. So I'm not mm -hmm. listening to like anything else in the house or any sounds or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just can sort of get away. Yeah. 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 Um, is there a favorite word that you use a lot in your writing? Um, I use just way too much. <laughs> and then I I notice I use well. This book that I'm writing right now, I thought, my God, I use well a lot because I was reading the, the hard copy at the writer's retreat. And I thought, I better, I think I should get rid of that. That's kind mm. of interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's a favorite word as much as a, it's almost like a conversational word when you want a person to pause or something. So, but yeah. I think any yeah. repeated word you have to get rid of. So, yeah, yeah. Um, if one of your books became a movie, mm -hmm. first of all, which one and who would you want to play the leads? Oh, so I get to choose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did prepare for this question because I told you I'm not very good at pop culture things. So I was like, I think she's going to ask me about my new book. I hate Nate, like who was in it. So I yeah. got my daughter to and she said it should be Jacob Alordi, who is... Oh, yes. You yes. know him? Yeah. Yes. She says yes. he should be the hero. Now, to me, this is not a pretty appealing because the hero and heroine are both in their early 20s. Like, mm -hmm. so to me, there's not like a lot of artists. When I wrote this, the heroine's Filipino. So I was thinking of Shay Mitchell, who is a Canadian actress. She was in Pretty Little yes. Liars and she's uh, yes. Filipino, half half I think and yes. she's kind of feisty and I thought yeah she's exactly right but now she's in her 30s so I think I think she could still play 20s you, you think she could pass do you think oh yeah okay. I think she could play 20s yeah okay yeah. okay so because then I I did think that I could use um Lana Condor yes you know? Mm -hmm. that she she looks young so she might be good but I it was really bad because I was going I thought well that's not good because she's not really Filipino so you know I'm just going through all the actresses and they're all turned out to be all these Asian actresses are actually in their 30s we're going through I'm going through my daughter oh god I didn't know she was that old because they look so much younger it's that that's, whole Asian that's, thing that's good genes <laughs> 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 good jeans what did they say Asian yeah. raisin, yeah. raisin yeah. and black don't crack so yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know as I'm writing them I think about people who I, would be good but then once I write it I forget <laughs> but and of course with hockey players you do like you if you do a photo board you do use specific players and you're right thinking, oh this guy yeah 
Right, right, right. Yeah. But Jacob Lordy, I can see that because, yeah, he has kind of like a brooding kind of thing about him. So, yeah, <laughs> totally, 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 totally. Um, <laughs> okay, good. Um, where, okay, where do you see romance novels going like in the next decade? Where would you like to see romance novels go the next decade? I mean, I think um that it's great i think they're getting more diverse mm -hmm. and um not only in terms of racial diversity but you know all the different pairings that people could have mm -hmm. um yeah, and um i do think like um i think traditional publishing but also self-publishing that is just opening up room for a lot of voices that might not mm -hmm. have been able to be heard before mm -hmm. um and that probably becoming like more niche I think mm -hmm. there's always going to be the books that like everyone is reading but I think if you have specific um, tastes that you're going to be able to find a romance to suit you and that would be fantastic it, just to be seen in a romance to um, have a, a heroine who is like you or you know um, a setting that you can identify with especially mm -hmm. living in Canada for so long, you think that everything's in the States, but now you can mm -hmm. recognize Vancouver or Toronto in movies yeah. that are supposed to be in the States, but sometimes they get to play themselves too. So just, just being able to see the culture around you, mm -hmm. um, family dynamics and stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the way Asian families, sometimes they, they can be like less loving or whatever. I've seen that in a lot of books. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was in um, the comeback a little bit, too. You know, there's yeah. a, sort of a coolness between the heroine and her parents and definitely between her roommate, Hannah, and her mom. Mm -hmm. um, that is like natural uh, that you see it in a lot of Asian families. Mm -hmm. uh, and and just to see it normalized like that, I, I, I find that really liberating. Yeah, and not, and not necessarily making it a negative thing. It's like it's, yeah. it's what it is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some things are are just the way they are because culturally, this it's just the way they are. You know what I'm saying? And people, it's not necessarily a negative thing or something to be, um, you know, to to critique. You know, it's just it just is what it is. <laughs> I like to see yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would like to see it maybe moving more in that direction mm -hmm. because you know the fact that somebody can say something which actually means I love you, like, you know, have some more, have some more dinner might mean I love you, you know, I'm feeding you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, sometimes it is um, almost by a, like a Western standard, like I wish my parents would hug me and tell me they love me like other parents or whatever. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I have a new question, so you can't prepare for this one. Okay. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> so suddenly a tornado came. <laughs> no <laughs> so um what is the one bit of advice you would like to give some a, a writer who's like just starting out who's like interested in writing romance even, even if it's not hockey romance what's the one bit of advice that you wish that somebody would have given you that you want to give to a, a newbie writer starting out um I would say that you could like throw away your first, second, maybe third books if you wanted. Like it's the, the act of writing 
is a value in itself. It doesn't matter what happens to the book. Mm. Mm. So I just think like, as the more you write, the better you get. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's always valuable to write and don't ever think that it's what you did was a waste because it didn't get accepted. It didn't get published, you know, or whoever read it didn't like it. I mean, you're improving all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. And so when it's all said and done yeah. and Melanie Ting has written 500 hockey romances, <laughs> Uh, what would you like readers to say about all the books that you write, your your catalog of books? Um, uh, I would like it if you finish and you said it made me laugh and mm. maybe it made me cry. I would like both. I would like mm. both things that it, mm. that it moved you. That it um, moved you. That was Yeah. 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 Well, Melanie, this was absolutely delightful. I am so glad we finally got to talk. Yes. <laughs> tell the people for what first of all tell the people what's next for you um okay. your 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 amazing you know set of, of books what's next well the next book I'm excited about I I notice I tend to go from one to the an opposite one so you you get into characters and you think okay I don't want to write about two 20 year olds anymore <laughs> I want to write mm -hmm. so the next one the hero and heroine are both in their 40s Nine. And it is a combination of Jane Austen's persuasion and mm. junior hockey. So not that he's playing anymore, but something that happened. So they first went out when they were young. So in Jane Austen's day, she's like over the hill at, I don't know, what, 26 or something? Yes. So I thought, well, you, I don't think that's plausible now. So I, I made the gap a lot bigger so they go out as teenagers and then they uh come back into each other's lives in their 40s and wow yeah I'm really excited it's been really fun it's set on Vancouver Island so there's lots of like nature and mm. uh, wildlife and everything and um yeah yeah got the old rooting hero yes. and yeah the more the successful woman so I it's sex switched as well so in persuasion he becomes a successful sailor and then comes back to town. So in this case, she's the one that's become successful and comes back to town. Oh, nice. I, lo I love gender gender reversals. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that in books. Yeah. Um, so where can we find you on social media and where can people purchase your books? Uh, okay, I'm uh, available everywhere, like on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, uh, but for eBooks and uh, Kobo. I'm on Kobo Plus too. Um, you can check out my website at melanieting.com and on Instagram, I'm Melanie Ting author. Um, and I'm trying to stay off Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And then uh, as I mentioned, I'm on Facebook and I'm also Melanie Ting author on Facebook as well and before we go mm -hmm. you have to talk about chippy chicks and what chippy <laughs> chicks is and how listeners can like listen to the chippy chicks yeah well chippy chicks is that's how I found out about you because um fortune Whalen, who is on the one of the so mm -hmm. it's uh five chippy chippy chicks so it's me kelly jameson uh danica stacy and fortune 
and we talk about hockey and we just talk about hockey issues and we try and bring it back to hockey romance or being romance authors too, bring that in. But usually we find enough uh, to be uh, upset or, uh, <laughs> or political, but we also have a feature where we show good looking hockey players in suits. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and then also the weirdest or craziest thing that happened in hockey. And we are usually the third Sunday. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Five Chippy Chicks, and uh, just chatting away um, about uh, hockey, politics, books, and reading. And honestly, well, I mean, when I say politics, it's hockey politics, not hockey like, politics. Got it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not Canadian politics. Like, you're not like, you know about something <laughs> no no and we're half we're half canadian half american so oh okay yeah. cool cool yeah. and that's how you know what like, that's how i like with chippy chicks that's how i found out yeah. who some of the hockey players are because i was like i don't know any <laughs> hockey players you know what i'm saying so when i unfortunately was like well just read just listen to my uh, our youtube you'll learn some people and i was like okay cool so i was like oh okay that's that's what that person was like. Oh, okay, so I learned a, a lot yeah. about hockey, and, 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 so I definitely got an education. So that's pretty cool. Well, thank okay. you so much, Melanie. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful, 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 and I look forward to um, your next hockey romance. And I know it's going to be juicy and <laughs> and everything. So and, and steamy, even though she says she doesn't like to to do the steam steamy. <laughs> No, but she's very good at it y'all it's not like she's not good at it she's very good at it so thank you so much thank you. it was a pleasure okay bye bye i want to thank my guest melanie team for coming on to the podcast you can find out more about her and her latest release i hate nate on her website www.melanieteen.com Tune in next week where we're going to have another amazing interview with another amazing author. The season is winding down, y'all, and I'm so glad you all have stuck with me uh, listening to the podcast and me roll solo dolo this season. So you all take care. God bless. And if you want to know more about Romance and Color, follow us on our Instagram at Romance and Color. That's Romance and Color with a U. Or on our Twitter, Romance, the letter N, and Color with a U. Take care, you guys, and God bless.